Hopelessly stuck in a grocery line. Toilet paper sold out on Amazon Prime. Here among the masses, the crowds build up. Hoarding and storing tissue for their butt. They cancel the classes, the concerts, parades. Called off the big dance, the NBA. Careful and cautious with so much concern. And you're all at Costco spreading your germs. The stock will replenish when the shipment comes in. But the preppers come back and they'll do it again. The shelves are all empty. There's no more Purell. Two Karens are fighting for the last Cottonelle. The market goes down and the market comes up. But everyone is too concerned with their butt. This episode sponsored by Keeps. I love the Keeps, and I'll tell you why in a little bit here. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash opie to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash opie. Hello. <laughs> Sue Costello, what's going on? So how are you doing with this uh, self-isolation, this stay-at-home, this quarantining, this social distancing, this uh, should I wear a mask or not? Should I wear gloves? Should I go shopping? Should I stay in a line? What the hell do we do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I'm no expert, so I don't know. But all I know is I put my mask on and yeah. I stay away from people. Yes. But I also think that we can, so we should be able to go out. I absolutely think we should be able to go out. Well, of course we should be able to go out. But the problem is, where, where do you live? You live in Queens, right? I live in Queens, yeah. Yeah, well, the problem is there's too many people in Queens and too many people in Manhattan and Brooklyn and whatnot. New York City is fucked. You know that, Sue Costello. <laughs> I'm trying to be in la la land and pretend like it's not. I, the only good news about, well, not the only good news, but the good news about this is I, I the day we got quarantined, the day I was walking down the street and we got that uh, emergency alert where we were going, and eh, eh, like the Amber Alert. Yeah. It felt literally like we were going to war. I mean, the ambulances were everywhere, and I thought we were going to just get locked in our apartments like uh, China. I really did. I thought we were only going to be able to go out one day a week to go. To, uh, get food and I was like oh I was like I'm not going down I'm not going down in this pandemic I'm not yeah and I don't even know why I did it or how it came about but I sat down on my floor I hung a little sign behind my head and I started a tv show and I've done 46 episodes so far I've seen a few of them Sue Costello tv live from Queens <laughs> New York <laughs> we used to be big stars I used to be a big radio star now I'm in a, a, a basement in a house uh at the beach you're in a in a 
in a uh, apartment in Queens doing Sue TV. Oh my God, life is so weird. <laughs> but you have fun with that TV show, man. I pull it together every day at five. I do an hour a day. Yeah. I got a whole bunch of people following me now. They got press. I already got a review on it. What do you mean you got a review? I can't get a review on this stupid podcast. You're getting reviews for Sue Costello TV. <laughs> yes, I got a great review actually. <laughs> Who reviewed it? This guy, Aunt Levine, he wrote a big review about how uh, how I've been. I, I created this positive TV show, and 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 how brilliant it was that I just sat down on my floor and decided to pull it out of my butt and do it. <laughs> I love it. What would, what do you think people would do if you told them three months ago that the entire economy is going to collapse and we're all gonna there's going to be a huge health crisis and we're all gonna have to stay in our house? Yeah. How do you think people? We would have said people would have acted like animals, right? Of course. But they haven't. Well, they're starting to act like animals. Everyone's starting to lose their patience. You've seen the the videos. You know, now people are getting knocked down to the ground and arrested for not social distancing. And then the people are like, well, fuck you and your social distancing, man. There's cracks. We're starting to crack a little bit as a society over this whole thing. Yeah, we need a leader. We, I wrote on Facebook yesterday, like, I understand everybody else has their thing, but why don't we have a leader that's telling people that they're doing a good job? Why don't we have a leader that's showing us a way to... There's a lot of positive that's going on, and I was going to say about that comedy. So I've I've been able in the past couple of weeks to see every single comedian and person that I've ever worked with, yeah, ever on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You guys are all hanging out together because you're all losing your minds at the same time because you're not on a stage. But we're doing these shows, <laughs> these weird Zoom shows where you go on and the comedian and the audience is on the Zoom show with you. Yeah, I've seen them. They're pretty good. Uh, we do have a and leader. His his name is Donald J. Trump. <laughs> well, I don't know if he has like um, like a personal a personality leader. We need a leader with a personality who gives us hope. We need that. You mean you mean we need a leader that doesn't uh, put himself first? <laughs> well, just somebody who exudes hope. My TV show Costello is based on that. Yes. My new TV show that I was supposed to do with CBS. That's what it, it's based on. The split, which is so crazy, Opie. The, my my TV script is based on the haves and the have nots. Oh, I know. Uh, in this case, it's the people that had the coronavirus and the people that have not had it yet. And if you had the coronavirus, you're going to be able to go back in society and walk around like a rock star. Like nothing could hurt me, even those killer hornets. <laughs> I know. As if it couldn't get any worse, now they're telling us that there's murderous hornets. Can you imagine if you were like, really like a neurotic and an anxiety ridden person already. And then they start telling you that there's killer hornets. Like you just get under your bed and never leave again. Yeah. I'm not worried about the killer hornets because that means the killer hornets were somewhere else in the world. And it didn't seem like a big deal in that area. So why is it a big deal if the killer hornets are in America? you got to be right? careful what you wish for. Cause we said the same thing about China when they were putting up those, uh, videos of China stuck in their houses and they were all screaming and we were like, wow, that's so crazy. That's so far away. True. Uh, <laughs> so let's go back to the leaders with hope. So let's break them down. Uh, Trump doesn't really give us that hope. Uh Oh, no. Here comes the hate. You mentioned Trump. In no, a negative we don't light. even have to get into the hate pod. That's a fact. Yeah. That's an actual fact. That's I, not even an opinion. That's a fact. All right. But watch how I bring everyone around. I don't okay, think Biden is the one that will give us hope either. Neither do I. So I'm right there with you, Opie. Uh, because I, I think he's just a typical politician that says the exact perfect thing, but there's no soul behind what he says whatsoever. Know who I like? You ready for this? 
Yeah. Andrew Cuomo, nipples and all. I don't know about Cuomo. You don't know about Jerry's Cuomo? Still out. Because I got to see what he's doing with what's going on with this unemployment. It's really bothering me what's going on with the unemployment with the people. It's really making me mad. I know people have a problem with Trump, but he wanted to give the $600 pandemic insurance to everybody straight from the federal government. And the state said, no, we want to disperse it. People who are struggling financially already are going absolutely mental because they're not only going mental, there's some people that are really struggling financially that were already behind the eight ball. Well, you're not wrong about that. I, I think uh, giving people $1,200, sure, for a lot of people, that's a start and a very good start. But the amount of taxes that we pay in this damn country, they should be giving all of us way more money than $1,200 to get us through this whole thing until we get to the other yeah. side of this. $1,200? Are you kidding? Everyone, every every tax season, we all look and go, why are we giving up this much money to the federal government, the state government, the local government? So they have way more money. Uh, well, they have way more of our money that they could easily be giving back to us right now. $1,200 for most people is a fucking joke. If we all owed them taxes or if they overpaid us all, yeah, they would have a website in five seconds that was ready to go back to, wow. to, to take all the money. Nice. And they're torturing people, Opie. They are, I mean, if you look on the New York uh, Labor Twitter, yeah. people are just losing their minds because they're confusing people. People are calling. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're claiming every week. In California, you don't have to claim every week because what does it matter if you claim every week? Everybody's out of work. And Cuomo, he didn't clean the trains until the two homeless guys died. All right, all right. Uh, there's a lot to digest there, so you're so not wrong about on it. On it. Oh, my mic. My mic. See, they're trying to stop us, Sue Costello. <laughs> they, they're trying to stop us, these sons of bitches. The, uh, How funny would that be if all of a sudden you were in your basement and I was in my bedroom <laughs> and we became more powerful than we ever did and they started to come find us? Well, then we'd have to come up with our, our diabolical laughs. I'm kind of bummed you didn't do the diabolical laugh. Let me hear a diabolical I'll laugh. I'll do it with you. <laughs> 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 I like All right. So a couple things. The unemployment, you're, you're so on with that. They want to make it very confusing. Mm -hmm. And the other day they were talking about the trains in New York City and they cleaned them for the first time in 115 years. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And it's only because two homeless men died. That's the only reason why they did it, Opie. So now Cuomo's on the news. Yeah cleaning the train himself. Trust me, he might be doing some good too, but I think we, we got to cut all the bullshit now. All the, the fourth wall is broken. And I was talking about this before all this even happened. The millennials, they don't want to buy things anymore. They don't have any money. They're all living with their parents. They can't even get a job. I'm like, well, historically, they start you out when you're 18. Yep. Get you committed to a brand. Yep. And then it's your, your, you're with them for life. So most of the times, if you look in somebody's refrigerator, they have a lot of the brands that they got when they were kids. Sure. Because... And that's how they get you with the smoking and the vaping. They go to the young kids. Yeah, the millennials are a, a very unique breed. That's for sure. Um, for the first time in history, you're not guaranteed a job or a place to live on your own after college. Most of these kids are moving back in with their parents right after college. And then they got incredible debt because the college uh, system is completely out of control. So you're in debt for many, many years after going to college. 
You know, when we were growing up, you went to college. Sure, you had student loans, but at least you knew you had a decent job coming out of college and you could at least afford somewhere to live on your own. And that's just not the case anymore. So my point is that so the system was already stretched to the limits anyways, because these these dinosaurs weren't paying attention to change anyway. So yeah. now we're, we're in a situation where nobody was ready to change as it was. So now the innovation that's happening People are really being innovative right now. I really think that the workers, are, the workers are striking. I mean, stuff's happening right now in the country that's never happened before ever. Right. We've never. I think we're on the on the verge of having a huge labor movement like we've never seen before. I know people are getting antsy right now. They're getting a little grumpy. Yeah. But I think collectively, people are going to come together once they start waking up a little bit to what's going on. And even there was a a, a white collar Amazon guy, a big supervisor, and I think a supervisor, a vice president, and he uh, he quit. He resigned and he wrote a letter and he said he hated the way that they were treating the workers that were trying to protest their, their health conditions. And let me tell you, the, the, the way that's even with the way they're setting up the uh, unemployment, so they're giving everybody $600 a week. It's going to be hard for people to want to go back to work and make less money. They're trying to force the meat workers to go back to work. They've threatened them with taking away their pandemic insurance. Yeah. And they're going to make them go back to work in unsafe uh Unsafe conditions, yeah. And I'm like, well, why don't you just t- stop the $600 and give them hazard pay with it? Wow, Transfer perfect. the funds. You're, you're smart, man. Well, my dad was a labor mediator. I remember you telling me that. There's a lot of truth in what you speak. Um but it's very complicated uh, because New York is so crowded. It's really hard to figure out how you reopen things in a safe manner. Well, I think well, I in parents- a safe manner, I should say. But the rest of the country, you know, they don't have as many people around so they mm-hmm. could open things up a bit safer. This whole thing is just very, very scary, Sue Costello. I'm very pragmatic. And again, my father trained me my whole life. When you're a mediator, you listen to both sides. Yeah. Both sides compromise and both sides walk away happy. That's what you do when you negotiate. Anything other than that, they're trying to take advantage of you. So I tell everybody on the show, get the hard numbers and then you can decide. So I have a, my brother-in-law is successful and he lives in Boston. And he, we, I had a good conversation with him about they don't want to take care of people that haven't been successful. Of course, I understand that everybody doesn't want to take care of people that didn't work as hard as other people. And why should you have to help people? said to him, though, if you don't take care of the people in the inner cities, if you don't take care of the humanity of the poorer people, you're going to get sick. And I, I'm telling you, Opie, if, when people go back and look at my tweets, I kept tweeting before any of this happened. I said, what are they going to be, four rich people and all the rest of us are going to be dying in the streets? Yeah. I said it before this even happened. I want to slow so you down have- a little bit, though, because how you described how you should negotiate when there's issues in a, in a, in a union or whatever that's what we should be doing with our politics. You described the solution to the political divide in our country perfectly. Both sides okay. got to listen to the other it. side and they got to uh, make some sacrifices and meet kind of in the middle. And until we realize that as a country, we're fucked, man. We're wasting so much time going at each other like this. But they don't have anybody telling them that. So what I was saying to my brother-in-law is, yes, you don't have to give anybody monies per se but the inner cities the human beings they need to be treated right they're going to shut down all the pools in the city and and uh over the summer right. they're going to stop the train system uh, in new york city overnight yeah a lot of that is to save money so well, my brother-in-law is very successful yeah. he might not have to care about everybody but but we do have to figure out a way to keep the pools open for the poorer people so that they can function as human beings uh, so that we can address the issue Ah, I was with you for most of this episode. Public pools are rough. They are rough. (laughs) Yes, but what are you going to do with the inner city when it's 100? Where do people, poor people usually take their kids 
Right. In the summer when they can't afford they can't afford anything else, so they take them to the beach all day. Here's my prediction. Unfortunately, um, we're kind of effed in our area because the weather's getting warmer. People are losing mm-hmm. their patience. They can't stay mm-hmm. home anymore. They look out the window. It's a beautiful day. It's in the 70s. It's in the 80s. Now it's pushing 90, and they're letting their guard down, and they're starting to go out more and more, and these numbers are going to spike in the summer, man. This this summer is going to get really ugly, unfortunately, because there's no way but around There's because- no way around it. There's no way around yes, there doing is. this safely. Yes, there is. If we had a leader that was really addressing what was going on, the reason why all this is happening is because – Nobody's giving anybody the hard numbers. They're not saying, like, they're not making parameters around how yeah. people can live. They're not addressing well, the problem. Well, I said who that leader is. It's Andrew Cuomo. Just ignore the nipple well, rings that it looks like he wears through those uh, collared shirts of his when he's doing his press no, conferences. No, he needs to step up. They asked him about the homeless situation. He ignored it. They asked him about the unemployment. He ignored it. You cannot ignore questions when you're a leader, when you're an elected leader. He has to answer the questions. I think Cuomo's doing the best job out of every politician I've seen on TV uh, during this pandemic. He is, but we need more We need more working classes when they put together their, uh, their economic teams or how they're going to open up. The, yeah. the states, they don't have any working class people on those on those panels. They only have wealthy sports people. Yeah, of course. But they need to have working class representatives. We need an even balance. You know, drastic times come for drastic measures. That's what's going on right now. We need to invent some other kind of leader that can help balance. Man, if if the if the situation at hand right now isn't a perfect time for a leader to just step yes. up out of the crowd and mm-hmm. leave everyone else behind, who is that person? Who's willing to do that? It's not Biden, and no offense to the Trumpsters out there. It's not Trump. I kind of like the Cuomo, uh, but I think maybe this leader we don't even know really. He's- no, I think it needs to be a new a person who's for the people, and to get a leader that's really for the people that has that kind of empathy. Right. That's what you need. You need somebody who's not going to be bought off. That's the same thing that goes on with the on a on a micro level with the strikes in the union. This problem has been going on for a long time, so I have a lot of hope about what's going on right now. Right. And when I did Mark Maron's pe- podcast. Uh, 2018, I told him, I think we're on the verge of a spiritual revolution. And he was making fun of me, thought I was an idiot. And I was like, really? Well, that's what's going on right now. How about fuck Mark Maron? How about them apples? How about them apples, Sue Costello? (laughs) Fuck Mark Maron. It's a whole new world now, Marky Mark. Sorry. The guy's done (laughs) 28,000 episodes and he doesn't even invite his old friend Opie on. Fuck Mark Maron. He didn't have you on? Not once, that bitch. I had him on my radio show when no one knew about the What the Fuck podcast. I had him on my radio show when most people really didn't care about Mark Marin anymore. No, I'm just saying that I said it and he made fun. People were making fun of me and I kept saying it. I was like, we're going to have, we need somebody to come in. We're going to have a disruptor come in. Yeah. We need to have both, both service and money. People need to mean more than money now. And people are seeing that because you're giving people, even if the people that are getting the $600, they're like, it's not making them happy. No, no. It's they're just, like, what good is this if I can't go to work? Yeah, work no, no, no. It's just a start. You know, we, we need to be giving the people a lot more. And we certainly could do that if we just change the way uh, we think in this country. That's for sure. You talked about empathy. You don't think Donald Trump has empathy? I don't think. I don't know. I don't think he has empathy. Just, I think he I'm just trying has to made, put... he hasn't been terrible. And I think the press, yeah. because everybody's so divided. Yeah. And I've talked to people who I've talked both sides. I talk, I go right down the middle. I don't. I listen to my my Trump guys, and, and the one thing I say to the Trump guys that I talk to, I say, "Why do you give up your critical thinking to one man?" Yeah. 
Why do you do that? Even right. blue-collar guys. I'm like, you're smart. Yeah. Some of the guys, you know, they know what the Socratic method, method is. I'm like, why do you give up all your your critical thinking to one man? And then the other thing is Trump has done a few things because I've, I've paid attention. We have to have some hard numbers. We have to pay attention to what's really going on and stop being so divided. Otherwise, we're just going to implode, which is what yeah. my whole sitcom is about. And it's blown my mind even as I'm talking about it. I wrote yeah. it in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sue Costello and her, and her damn sitcom. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that I've been trying to get people to listen oh to me about. I'm like, I have the solution. Right. Uh, I don't know if Trump's a, a fan of the the female. I don't think. I don't even I, care. Who would be a fan of mine? I don't think he looks at you guys as equals to a man. You know that. You know that, Sue Costello. But it doesn't even matter to me now. The way I was pushed around between SAG and WGA and CBS and everything, it doesn't even phase me anymore. Yeah. It's like it's like a gnat on my shoulder now. I'm like, it doesn't even. I just get the hard numbers. I'm like, I don't yeah. care if you think I'm a woman or not. What are we doing? I hear you. I don't even care anymore. I don't have the emotions as much anymore. All right, Sue. Hold your horses. I want to talk about keeps. I love keeps. And I'll tell you why. A couple of my friends use the keeps and they swear by it. And I'm getting closer to trying it because since we've been staying at home for all these months, haven't had a haircut in a while, and I thought I was doing okay up top, and it turns out I'm looking like Bozo the Clown. But it's not all gone yet. So I'm thinking I got to dip into the keeps. Did you know two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? And the best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. That's why I'm thinking about trying it. Get treated from home. Now you used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. But now, thanks to keeps... You can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout. Lines! No, that word again! No one wants to stand in a line. And awkward doctor visits? No, no, you don't have to do any of that, my friends. And Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but... Probably never for this price. Prevention is key. Keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. And nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just $10 a month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Are you ready to take action and prevent hair loss? Go to keeps.com slash Opie to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Opie. Keeps.com slash Opie. All right, Sue. There is a reason why I called you today. I want to know what's going on with the movie. And, and, and am I still in it? I want you to be in it, but I wanted to see if you read it and which car you want to be in. We've been doing Zoom, a couple of Zoom things, which because we can't be around each other, right. we want to be able to rehearse so that when the time, when we're let out of the out of our houses, we'll be ready. So I, I've already done a couple of meet and greets with, that's what I'm going to yeah. call it, with the kid who's playing my son and uh, the girl playing my best friend. And we want, I want you to play the guy who sexually harasses me. That's who I want you to play. What? <laughs> what? Yes. Why did you think I was good for that role, Sue Costello? <laughs> 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 
What is wrong with you? <laughs> I think you're perfect. I think, I think it's going to be your Oscar. <laughs> oh, really? So what do I have to do in this movie? So the guy, there's two roles. You can either be my ex-husband. Yeah. Where you're kind of like a, like a blue-collar guy who became a lawyer and got a little rich. Okay. He's just kind of plain vanilla. I mean, you could do that. But yeah. the, the guy who plays my boss at the Walmart place yeah. uh, sexually harasses me. Yeah. And then uh, and then te- busts me for drugs, and I get uh, he 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 tests me and fires me because fires me because I won't have sex with him. And he's just a bit of a douchey guy, and it's just a really it's a very very um, juicy role. So I don't have to do much, do I? Like walk me through what I got to do. We're in Walmart. You're working for me. I'm your boss, right? Yeah, you push me around a little bit. I, I don't push women around though. How am I going to practice that? But it's an acting. This is what's so good about it. It's acting. It's not really who you are. Oh. You can play the other guy if you want to. No, I I I, I want to hear more. So I'm the I'm the I'm the boss of you the at Walmart. Of- and how do I push yeah. you around? How how's the first incident uh, happen? You try to come on to me on the desk. It's almost like what would happen before all the Me Too movement happened. All right. So you I- come on to me on the desk and try to like you know make out with me. So is and we that... have history because we're all, we're all from the same neighborhood. So we like went to high yeah, school yeah, together. Yeah. But you made it big because you own this Walmart place. And uh, but it, and you it... have a wife. Oh, I have a wife. So me coming on to you is is sexually harassing you. It, maybe it's I just think you're cute, and then maybe I want to like uh, move on from my marriage and, and and start dating you. But it's the way you go about it in the office that's the problem. Uh oh. And how do I go about it? You come right out. You push me onto the desk and try to <laughs> crawl on top of me. Well, let me run if I just had a fantasy that you did that to me, so I <laughs> yeah. cast you in that role. <laughs> so, do I, so do I have to be on top of you for the movie, or do we stop before it gets really awkward like that? You put, you do push a little bit. A little bit. All right. And then you're kind of... Yeah, and then I stop you. And you fall onto the desk, so now it's my move. But before I get on top of you, there's some way where you kick me or something to show yeah, that I this isn't you. going down, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, and then but I, you're in the whole movie. It's not that's not just the only scene. You have a son who's a bit of a dick. Right. What's wrong with my son in the movie? He's a he's a pompous dick like his father, like you. <laughs> oh, so you're casting <laughs> me for this role because you think I'm a, a pompous dick. <laughs> Because me and my wife talk about this all the time. Like when you see a movie or a TV show, and and the person is cast as being ugly, you know they had to have a roll call for all the ugly people in LA, <laughs> and then someone had to look at you and go, "Ah, you're not ugly enough," or "Ah, you're too ugly for this role. You're the perfect ugly for this role. You got the pot." <laughs> or if well, I haven't even. I haven't even thought about casting any other pompous assholes. Oh, it's okay. You. You're the only one I thought of. <laughs> oh, really? That's great. <laughs> I'm the Brad Pitt of pompous assholes. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to laugh. I at want that. you to be in the movie. You can be either role, whatever you choose to be. Yeah. I like oh no, you want me to be the and boss where I'm I'm pushing you around and stuff. Yeah, I think you'll be perfect at it. I, I really do. All right, will you calm down with the? I think you'll be perfect at it. You should say. <laughs> you should say. I think you'll. 
you would be perfect at that because I, I feel like you're really a good actor. <laughs> That's what I said. I said that you'll be able to flex your acting. That it's something. All right. And, and then, those are the roles that people usually win. That's what people like to do. I mean, yeah. Christian Bale played a crackhead in uh, in The Fighter, and yeah. he's a mess, and he got an Oscar. That, that's what people usually, when you flex your acting roles, that's what you do. You pick something that's not, not a likable character. Or, yeah. All right, but The only person who ever suffered from that was like, what was Joan Crawford when she played uh, Mommy Dearest? That's the only person that career suffered from doing something, a bad role. You had to mention Mommy Dearest. Because they thought she was really like that, so she could never do another role because she was so good at it. And uh, she portrayed my mom. No wire hangers, That <laughs> was my mom. Oh God, the yelling and screaming while I was growing up. Anyway, that's for another time. There, uh, Sue Costello. Do I have to gain weight for the role? Do I have to lose weight for the Wait. role? Do I have to like lose hair no. for the role? Nope, you can be just perfectly you. Yeah, but I look like uh, I look like Tom Hanks in um, Castaway right now. Oh, everybody does though, so that's going to be the new norm. So don't worry about it. My beard is really long. I haven't had a haircut in three months, and I knew the pandemic was coming. And I said to myself, "Get one last haircut in," and I didn't do it. And what about your beard? You could easily get rid of that, right? Yeah, but it kind of goes with the wild hair. No, I want to know how much how much weight have you gained. Uh, not, I think I've actually lost weight. I look like, I I, I look like I belong on a deserted island right now. I'm scared to put myself on camera. I think people will be really shocked. (laughs) (laughs) They won't be that shocked because everybody looks like that now. That's true. We're all going to be shocked when we see each other when we come out. We're going to be like, oh my God. (laughs) What do we say? We used to say in boxing, you look like, there were two things we would say. You look like who fucked it and ran. Yeah. I like that. Oh, you look like you got hit with a bag of nickels. Yeah, I like both of those. I miss those Boston sayings. Boston had the best sayings, right? Yeah, the best sayings, the best nicknames. Sometimes I have sayings that I say and people are like, was that a different language? I'm like, no, that's the Bostonian thing. All right, so. Shit the bed was one. Shit the bed. I mean, that's a big Boston one. And when I was dating a guy in New York and I was shooting a TV pilot in L.A., I called him and I said, I hope this pilot doesn't shit the bed. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there was like seven minutes of silence <laughs> and he was like what did you just say i go you know shit the bed and he's like that's the most disgusting thing i've ever heard <laughs> i never knew that everybody didn't say shit the bed we didn't even mean it literally yeah it meant if it dies i feel like we said that on long island too but i've lived so many different places i'm not sure maybe i picked it up when i was in boston who knows i i did my three years up there i loved it as you know um i know so how do i fire you in the movie like how does that go down i'm just trying to f- because i'm high Really? I'm high when you try to have sex with me, and then you you make me do a pee test. Oh, so and I test positive, and so you get rid of me. Oh man, I really fuck you over. Yeah, man, I think I'm going to do this movie with Sue Costello. Um, it's, I'm so the script is so good, and it's so funny. Now and I'm is, executive producing it now too. Is it uh is it going to be set in Boston? Yeah, I think it's going to be Wicked Pissa. It's going to be. Uh, amazing and the more we read the sc- the scenes together like, like even me and my son yeah. like it's a very heavy the topics are heavy but it's a funny movie which is right up my alley yeah. I love that Perfect. I love like dramatic tragedy or, uh, I mean comedic tragedy or I'm kind of bummed because I said Wicked Pissa because I was working on my Boston accent and you didn't pick up on it so I have a lot of work I to heard, do yeah, it just feels but like I, home to me it feels natural I got a lot of work to do I think I gotta get my Boston accent back You'll get it back. It comes back in five seconds when you're around somebody. 
Yeah, but then I'm going to confuse it with the New York accent, the Long Island accent. I got a little Philly accent in me. I say like water. I say. Well, uh, we got to get you to commit. You got to act. You got to do real acting now. You got to really commit and rehearse and get yourself prepared. Yeah, but then I still have kind of a nasally thing from my time in Western New York. Those bastards up there, they they speak through their nose, and I never got rid of it. That's what I do, too, though. I do, too, don't I? Everybody always tells me I'm nasally. You got a little nose. You got a little nose action with your speech. Um, (laughs) So what do you do during the day when you're stuck at home? I know you're doing the suit TV. I do yoga. You're doing the yoga? I do yoga. Yeah, so do I. My friend friend Ashley, she teaches at the shower in New York City, and she just transferred over to uh, online classes, so I do that. Yeah. I go out for a walk or run when I can, when I when I really can't stay in anymore. I put my mask on. So when you go outside with your mask, do you get really frustrated when people aren't practicing their social distancing? No, but I realize that I'm the only one that really gets out of the way. Yes, I feel the same way. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I feel like no one else does it. I have to keep getting out of the way. That's what it feels like. Well, because the coronavirus has become very political, like everything else in this country. So now... Now, if you're wearing a uh, a mask, you know, you're pretty much looked at as a libtard, a snowflake. <laughs> it's a hoax. Don't you understand? They're trying to keep us down. This is all bullshit. It's no worse than the flu. But that's all dramatic, too. That's, again, it's the exaggerated sides of both sides. We need to get to the middle on it. Well, everybody has a point, and we have to, we have to be able to tolerate people's opinions. We, we, we lost the art of listening, and we lost the art of tolerance of people's opinions. That's brilliant, and, and it's the God's honest truth. There was a time in this country, I could barely remember it, that you actually listened to the other side, and you debated. Nowadays, you don't listen to the other side. You just watch them until they stop talking, and then you throw your talking points out that you actually got from somewhere else. They're not even really your thoughts at all. You got That's what I'm talking about, about yeah. the critical thinking. Why yeah. are they abandoning that critical thinking? I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Because guess what? Because they got everybody on emotions. They got everybody all wild up. When everybody's like, they're trying to keep us down, or they're doing this, or Trump's doing this, sometimes I think they're they're abdicating their power to somebody who doesn't even really have that much power. Yeah. I'm like, why are you giving somebody that much credit? I don't understand. No one person should have that much power because then that perverts the power. Then that one person starts thinking that they have the power, but it takes two to tangle. It takes, but we, if we have abdicate our power to Trump or whoever else you want it to be, that's our own fault. The 90, why is, why are the 1% winning when there's 99% of us? Yeah. I think triumph said it best when they said fight the magic power. Who said that? Triumph. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> it is magic because some of it's not even real. Like, it's because it used to be Democrats were more about social uh, yeah. justice and more yeah. about humanity, and the Republicans were more fiscal. That's how it used to be yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And you need both of those. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happening right now. Yeah. Not kind of. We're having yeah. a health crisis and a financial crisis right now. So yeah. we've split so far. We've split sides so far that we're actually having a health crisis and a financial crisis right now and the fact that our health care is attached to our jobs is insane that is so crazy that's going to have to shift you uh yeah let me jump in for a second so you're you're 100 right on the critical thinking and you're 100 right on the fact that both sides need the other side you they keep each side balanced. If one side gets completely out of control, you will not recognize this country. And as far as critical mm-hmm. thinking goes, you could listen. I, all right, let's say let's say you're really into Fox News 
or let's say you're really into MSNBC. Those are the dramatic uh, sides, right? Believe it or not, if you're really into MSNBC and you tune in Fox, you actually will hear some things if you're up for critical thinking that you'll actually agree with and mm-hmm. vice versa. But people mm-hmm. think if you watch MSNBC, let's say you're a libtard, you're a snowflake, and I, I, I have no I have no energy for you whatsoever. And that's sad. You got to listen to each other. But we're doing it to ourselves in the sense that the 1% or whatever might not be coming after us to divide and conquer us. They might not be that smart. I think that's giving them too much credit. I think what happens is we working people, we us emotional people, we get into these fights instead of coming together. And then they just take advantage of it. They they predict that we're gonna we're gonna go against our own best interest because we have a million times. So I don't think they have that much power to because there's too many of us. Why yeah. do they have the power? The reason why they have the power is because we we go against our own best interest all the time by being divided. Oh my God! Chappelle he always said Chappelle always said racism is worse than sexism. Yeah. And I was like, why do we have to one up each other? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very true. If we true. all came together, if all the minorities came together, wouldn't we be the majority? And by minorities, I mean everyone. Not one percent right now. Well, I blame Washington. Washington did this. They wanted us fighting uh, with each other, so we ignore the real things that are happening in America. Because no matter who the president is, your health insurance is going to suck. Uh, the amount of taxes you pay is going to suck. And then people go, no, not really, because if the Democrats are in office, you're going to pay more taxes, blah, blah, blah. The fact is, no matter who's in office, we're paying way too many taxes. Our health insurance sucks. We can't even live properly. You know, most of us, if we lose our job for a couple weeks, which is like happening now, that's why the unemployment numbers are completely and utterly through the roof is because none of us have enough savings in case something like this happened. We were barely hanging out before the pandemic. I was on Audie Link's podcast. It was right when the when the ram, ramblings were going on that Trump might run for president, and all the guys were laughing. It was me and all the guys. They were all laughing, and they said, Sue, what do you think? They always came to me and asked me what I thought and then laughed at me. They go, Sue, what do you think? And I said, I think that Trump could win fiscally because I've been watching for years. I watched Obama talk to the machinists in Michigan. Yeah. He talked down to them. I, I watched Wait. Hillary not go to Michigan. I watched her not go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. I watched the whole thing, and, and I watched the middle class get more and more disenfranchised. And they see Donald Trump as a successful businessman, and they were all disenfranchised with the rest of the uh, politicians. So I knew in my head that at least they would vote for him because he was a wealthy businessman. And and I was and they laughed at me like hysterically. And then I remember walking into stand up New York, and Greg the bartender was like, "Sue, you were right. I heard you on I's podcast." I'm like. I know. Wait, I'm like, wait, I'm always wait. talking about the high yeah. numbers. I'm not wait. emotional. <laughs> wait, whose podcast was this on? That was on Artie Lang's podcast. Artie Lang? Yeah. Fuck Artie Lang. That's what I say wait. today. <laughs> That's what I say today. He started doing my radio show. He uh, had great appearances on my radio show, even though he was cutting him short a lot to go to the bathroom and to run out of uh, Sirius XM. But still, I got some great stuff out of him. And then he started mm-hmm. texting me and DMing me and stuff that he really enjoyed, you know, doing my radio show. And he was thinking that we had something and that maybe we could put a show together, me and Artie. Fast forward, the guy doesn't even put me on his podcast. Not once. Another guy. I bet you it's because you're good. I'm too good, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm going to play a very good abusive uh, boss in your movie, Sue Costello. 
because I'm too good. I think good. he's going to be excellent at it. And if you get an award for it, I won't even take any credit for it. I'll be humble. <laughs> I will thank Sue Costello from that stage as I'm raising that Oscar <laughs> and saying you this go, is fuck for you. Adi you. And Mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Oh my God! These... You guys aren't in a. You guys aren't movie stars. No, they're not movie stars. No, for real, man. I'm so I've so had it with people in general because had Mark Marin on my radio show for years. He did great radio, but no one knew Mark Marin like they know him today. And what happens to these people now that I'm not on the top of the mountain anymore? I'm not needed, so you're not gonna you know help the opster out. And give him a little I don't know push. What, no, I think it's because you're good, Opie. I swear to God, I do. That's that's right. the hard numbers. I like that. And that Artie Lang, I not do. not once on his podcast, that Artie Lang. And then I try to get him on my podcast, and he's and they pretty much said, well, he could maybe call in. Call in. What the fuck? We're not in. We're not in a pandemic. Now we are. Now I would accept a phone <laughs> call from Artie Lang, but not back then. <laughs> But I do. I think sometimes people have to manage. I'm not like that. I love having really good people around me because I feel like it raises my game. I love it. Oh, you can be funnier man. than me. I don't care. I love it. I love it. It raises my game. You know, but some people don't like that. Some people need to manage and control and yeah. be the center. And I'll tell you this, Sue Costello. When, you're, when your star falls to the ground like it did in my case, I mean, I was mm-hmm. way up there. I was one of those bright stars. And now you can barely find that star it's buried in the weeds somewhere on earth. <laughs> it has fallen. You realize who your real friends are. You realize who the real people are out there with good intentions and good morals and people that have a good soul. But I think that's happening now, too. I think that's happening in this pandemic. I think people are really showing their colors. It's easy. We were all kind of like in this minutia, and it was like, hey, how you doing? We'll have lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden everybody's like, you're seeing people's true colors. You're seeing, and Cuomo did say that. Yeah. Cuomo did say in a time like this, you'll see the worst in people and you'll see the best in people. See, I, I'm having a hard time listening to Cuomo because we're all trying to figure out if he has nipple rings or not. That was really funny. But it's true. The pictures were I think around. he probably does. It's that, like a middle-aged man thing. They, they have, I don't know. Maybe you need to get in on it. <laughs> That's creepy. No, I'm not getting in on the nipple ring, Sue. <laughs> I don't know if I don't think the governor of your state should have nipple rings. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's like a thing. I read, I researched it because I was like, let me see what's going on here. Let me get <laughs> yeah, the hard numbers. Right. And it's a real thing that goes on. These middle-aged men are piercing their nipples. It's a thing that they do. I I don't get Maybe. that. It's like a sexy thing, probably. They probably feel sexual with it. Yeah, I you know. I mean, just because he's the governor doesn't mean he's not a sexual being. I understand that, but I always thought like nipple play, like when when a a lady would try to do something with my nipples, I'd be like, oh my god, no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that when you try to sexually harass okay, me. Okay, try to flick your nipples. Oh, you do that, you'll get some real acting. I'll get really bad real quick. No, because it just feels so goofy and silly. I'm like, oh, God, no. There's that's plenty. the worst. When pl- you try to do a sexy move on a guy and he's like, stop that, that's yeah. the most embarrassing. I don't think there's anything more embarrassing. Oh, can you give me one that happened? What move did you try where you're like, oh, God. I'm trying to think if I, I ever did anything weird. Yeah. I might have like bit somebody's ear or something thinking it was sexy. And they were like, ah, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fuck. 
Oh, I've had a million embarrassing situations. I remember uh, I was dating this fighter fighter, and I went up yeah. behind him. I was trying to be all sexy. Yeah. And I went up behind him, and he, and he turned around. He's like, you get you get spinach in your teeth. I have like a whole oh spinach all in my teeth. Really? <laughs> Good for you. I love that. I always used to talk about the couples that were really kinky and, and used the sex toys. And, you know, you're getting hot and heavy and you're in the bath uh, bathroom, whatever. You're in the bathroom, you're in the bedroom, you're all over the house using these sex toys. And it, it seems right at the time and it's getting crazy and messy and insane. And then as soon as both parties are done, then the awkward cleanup starts. And then you're like putting your sex toys in the dishwasher <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would be a funny sketch. That would be a hilarious sketch, like reality. What does reality really look like after the fact? After the fact, like, and it happens immediately, like something that makes complete sense. And then the act is over. You feel so uncomfortable uh, immediately. You feel embarrassed. Everything. <laughs> Everything. See, that's the kind of comedy we like. We like that awkward, embarrassing, tantalizing. Now, see, that's what we're going to give our fans with the movie. All right. All right let we're me give them awkward, embarrassing, tantalizing sex scenes. All right. Let me let me uh, write something. I want you to work that into the movie. Maybe a cutaway to my like my home life, where uh, I'm putting sex toys in the dishwasher. Yeah, that's funny. All right, I'm telling you, Jeff would be open to it. Jeff's a really fun. The guy who wrote the script, he's totally open to it, and he's hilarious. Jeff doesn't have a podcast that he didn't invite me on, does he? No, you. There's no pre resentment needed for Jeff. Yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Uh, all right, one last question, Sue Costello. How does um, how does this whole thing end? How does the pandemic end? How does the coronavirus end? How do you see this I mean, playing out? The possibility out? of it disappearing is still there, too. That's another thing that people haven't brought to the table. I don't believe that. Sorry. Why not? SARS disappeared. SARS? SARS. Yeah, SARS yeah, disappeared. Yeah, the SARS did uh, disappear. I don't know. There's something yeah. different about this coronavirus. Seems like it's going to be with us for a while. I don't think it's going to be an easy fix, and I don't think it's going to go away. And I sadly think that the numbers for the rest of May and June are going to be completely out of control, unfortunately, because people have lost their patience. They need to get outside. They need to socialize, and I don't blame them, and I understand to a point. Um I'm already seeing it in my little town here, way out on Long Island, where people are not taking it as seriously already. Oh, yeah, Alex Baldwin did a video the other day. He was not happy. Wait, who? From his East Hampton home. Who? Alex Baldwin from his East Hampton home. We're like, Alex, all right, listen. <laughs> He's, but he said that the people are walking down the street. They, they're uh, drinking wine. They don't have masks on. Alec Baldwin's got to shut up. No, I'm serious. These celebrities are like, you know, I know it's all hard that we're staying home. And they're doing their videos from a ridiculous mansion that looks like the the lobby of a Ritz-Carlton. And you could see, like, minority workers in the background. They don't even clean up uh, the kitchen and, and tell all the minority workers that are stuck in their homes until this whole thing is over. Maybe go in another room because I got to make my video that it's really tough to stay home. And you see the you, you see the landscapers outside the windows. Like, what? How hard is it for you? Are you kidding me? Shut People up. People have had it with this though. People are like, they, somebody tweeted the other day about like Oprah and someone else is doing fundraising. Yeah. And they're like billionaires asking people that are out of work for money. Get yeah. stopped. It's over. Cut it out. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Uh, I do think that's that's a good thing that's going to come out of it. This discrepancy between people, it's going the discrepancy is going to get a little wider, and then it's going to come together. I do have faith that people are going to come together. I do have faith that if 
the numbers did go back up. I do think that I, I have faith in humanity. Let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to how I started this whole thing. I, uh, huh? I, I I wanna have faith in humanity. I'm not I'm not making fun. I just I just groan because I don't have faith in humanity. I feel like this is this is a very important time in human history and I I just feel like we're gonna blow it. But Opie, we already didn't blow it when it happened acutely, so that's a really good time. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna listen to you. We could have blew it when it happened acutely. We could have went out of our minds and, and the, the the violence, they, they yeah. could have looted, it could have been insane. Yeah, I'm uh I'm very spiritual this, these days and I work on my soul and, but still, I just, I just feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like people are not going to get the lesson that comes from this, but uh, you know what? Last word to you on this. Give me some hope. Sue Costello. Give me some hope. My right? hope is first of all, I'm going to go back to how I started this whole podcast. Yes. People, if you told everybody that one day the economy was going to completely crash, there was going to be a, a health crisis, a, a, a virus that went through the whole entire world that they that you couldn't see, that nobody knew where it was going to come from. Yeah, and you were going to be everybody's going to be locked in their homes. Yeah, everybody would have told you that people would have went absolutely batshit, and they haven't gone batshit. They've actually been very respectful and amazing, and everybody's been doing a great job by staying in. And now what's happening is people we need a phase two. Yeah, and we don't have a leader giving us a phase two. That's what we need right now. We need a phase two because think about it. If you if you give people, I used to say this with my TV show Costello. I used to say, people don't underestimate the audience. They always dumb down the jokes, and I'm like, no, don't underestimate them. And people will rise to what you give them. Yeah, if you give a callback and stand up, people love it because it's a gift. It should, it makes them feel smart when you call back something in your stand-up act. It's the same thing with a good joke. It's like the audience will rise. I feel like we as American people, if they're given something, they will rise up. But right now, we're not given. We're not being given. We're given a lot of fear. The media is given a lot of bullshit. There's a lot of fake stories coming out, so it's it's breeding this this divide. And I think we should go into phase two. And that if we give people something, if we gave everybody, we said, listen, if you really do this. This is what's going to happen. If people believed it, they would do it. I have a million percent belief in that. All right. All right. There you it's go. It's just like if you had, it's just like uh, you want to talk about herd immunity. Yeah. If we all got together, there might be some weaklings on the side, but the but the group of us would, would overpower that. Yeah. And we would move forward, right? Yeah. Sue Costello, I, uh, I appreciate this. Uh, I appreciate your friendship. Um, I want people to check out Sue Costello TV. How do they check that out? Sue Costello on Facebook and I am Sue Costello on Instagram every day live at five. And then they all live on my Facebook page and then they live on SueCostello.com under Sue TV. All 43 episodes are up there right now. So you can go watch all of them. And you tweet it out when you're doing it too. So that's how I've yeah. seen it. Cause I click on the link. I, I've been watching. You're doing a very good job. Thank you very much. Thank you. I just want to bring, I just want to maintain, I keep saying everybody, if I can maintain the buoyancy that by the time we are allowed to go out, we won't be so far down the rabbit hole that we have to dig ourselves out of it. That's really what I'm doing right now. Eventually I'll grow it to more, but right now I just want to have something where people can come at five o'clock and see pleasantness. That's it. That's all I'm doing. All right. Thank you so much. Sue. thank you. Get, get moving on that scene. I think I proved myself today. I'm going to be a great sexually harassing boss in your movie. I love it. Boom, 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 boom,
boo 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 boo